welcome to another enlightening episode of Seek and Find with Dr. Mark Rivera. Today, we'll delve into the fascinating nature of God the Holy Spirit and its crucial role in our understanding of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit has often been shrouded in mystery. In this episode, we'll explore the biblical foundation of the Holy Spirit's identity and discover how it works in harmony with God the Father and God the Son, Jesus Christ. Through biblical narratives and theological insights, we'll discover the significance of the Holy Spirit's guidance, empowerment, and presence in the lives of believers. So let's explore the divine mystery that enriches our faith and draws us closer to God. Dr. Mark, thank you for helping us better understand God, the Holy Spirit. Yes, what a fascinating uh, aspect and topic to talk about today on this episode. I'm really excited about engaging this with you and uh, and for the benefit of everyone, including ourselves. You know, we, we as I often say, this is not a... Um, a pontification, you know, where we mm. speak from a perch high up and speak down, but rather try to respond with these uh, discoveries that I've had and we've had and uh, and share them with our friends to kind of address some concerns that they might have or none at all. You yeah, know, yeah. That's what it's about. It's nothing else than to be able to do that, bring clarity and hopefully answer some questions. Let, you know, now we're, this is the last of the three sessions. Yeah. You know, we've been, we've been yep. handling the, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is God. And we've addressed quite a few things there and hopefully brought some clarity to some of our listeners um, with regard to the, the Father, the Creator, and that role and how He uh, manifests Himself. That's right. Uh, we talked uh, the last session, the last episode was uh, focusing in on Jesus as the Redeemer and how He manifests Himself and we use certainly we use a lot of scripture all this because you know at the end of the day we I am Christian and we are Christian and we're coming from that perspective, but always as I, uh, the way that I function is giving room for people from other traditions or no traditions at all mm-hmm. to also listen, engage, and kind of understand. Uh, today we're dealing with the third person of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, and that is the Holy Spirit. Now these uh, important to mention now because now we're concluding. One, two, and three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That does not designate a hierarchical structure that God the Father is more and that and uh, uh, Jesus is in the middle, so he's like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sitting on the fence there, and then the Holy Spirit is the last one. That is not what it denotes, uh, but rather we have to have, uh, for our own benefit as human beings trying to understand, some kind of listing. So it isn't that one is greater than the other. We see this, as we've shared earlier about the Trinity, the manifestation, what we experience and see, depending upon where we are in our journey in life, of God. Yeah. So, and we see him, um, like to just reiterate a point that we made in the last two sessions, you know, the federal government has three branches, self-existing, but nonetheless connected with the function of being the government of this country. Yeah. It's the same thing. And then even last week, we inserted this concept of water. The water, yes, yes. Water can come in the form of liquid. It can come in the form of a solid as ice or in the form of vapor uh, as a gas. But at the end of the day, it's still the same element. Right. And you experience it differently. You know, if you're going to take a shower, you don't want buckets of ice falling through. (laughs) Oh, that'll hurt. (laughs) It'll still be water, but nonetheless. So it's the way you experience depending upon where you are in life. And that's, and and it's kind of a uh, human beings, we, and I stated this. We, we when we have a picture in our mind where we can understand concepts better yeah so yeah. maybe that's a poor picture but nonetheless a picture <laughs> so it's the best we can do yeah. to help describe something divine yeah sure. exactly and and with that that you just stated uh, understanding that there's some things that are not known and will remain unknowable mm-hmm. and I'm gonna uh, 
mentioned the comment that I make often with regard to that, and that is, you know, mature people can live, continue living a very fruitful and determined life, even though they carry on their shoulders unanswered questions. Mm. You know, that's the way it is. We're not going to be able to, um, you know, have everything resolved. And uh, we should, you know, accept that as the reality of being alive. Oftentimes we as human beings want to understand everything. We will not be able to understand. I don't know where the wind comes from or where the wind goes, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. the wind is there nonetheless. The Holy Spirit. Yes. The divine presence of the Holy Spirit, um, the um, part of the Trinity. And I think we, I want to step back and look at the function of the Holy Spirit Um in the Old Testament and then, of course, in the New Testament. Yeah. And when we go back, this is a very, very high level in the sense of I'm not going to get into the weeds as mm-hmm. far as, uh, you know, details. Um, because Otherwise, we'll be here for I don't know how long. But in the Old Testament, the, the, the ethos, the feeling, the atmosphere, the surrounding environment was one of spirituality, even mysticism. Mm. Um, when you start looking at the history um, where the Old Testament covers, and in fact, specifically with the Jewish people, um, we find that they, I think you mentioned that, I'm I'm sorry, it sounds like I'm fragmented, but I'm just going back. I think you mentioned in the last session. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, we, after our last uh, recording, yeah, we had a sidebar conversation, and I had mentioned how I wanted to, I thought about bringing up the story of when uh, Moses wanted to see God um, on the mountain and that God's presence, um, was so overwhelming for him to experience that he was only able to see God's backside and that's it. And that was enough. That that was so overwhelming that his face was glowing for what, 40 days. I think he had to put a a shawl or something in front of his face because he was blinding everybody, all the people of Israel. Mm -hmm. And even through that, he was, he was still like glowing from Mm -hmm. just seeing a little, what, maybe 10% of God's right. presence. See, but that 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 whole description locks into the the understanding of the Holy Spirit because mm. the people knew that they could not physically see their God, their deity. There was no statues that's against the, the commandments. Right, they didn't do that. They couldn't yeah. establish idols, all of that. So the only way that they, in their mind, could experience deity, God, you know, the awesome one, was really through the phrase spirit. So you mm. see throughout the Old Testament, weaved in the writings, if you if you read through. And we'll give you some examples in scripture where the Holy Spirit was definitely there present in the journey of mankind in the Old Testament portion of scripture. But remember that the people, again, the Jews, the pagans, the Gentiles, uh, those that were not Jewish, um, those that did not serve anything, there was this ambiance of spirituality, good and bad, uh, uh, that uh, uh, covered humanity. So it makes sense to me that you did not have a tangible, the people were seeking uh, direction from God. They couldn't see God, so they would lean on the spirituality thing. And they understood it in a way that we don't understand it till probably right now. Mm. Uh, because there was a role that certainly the Holy Spirit had. In the New Testament, it changes. Mm. And the role of the Holy Spirit becomes one that now dwells inside of us and with us. Because one of the definitions is the Holy Spirit is the not only the not only the part of the Trinity, but He's also the Paraclete, the one alongside us. And if I go back to the teachings that I started last week with regard to Jesus, let's fast fast forward. Jesus dies, He's buried, He resurrects from the tomb. He spends forty days teaching His disciples the last minute uh, items He needed to clarify with them with regard to the kingdom of God. He ascends 
Hundreds see him ascending. Now he's seated at the right-hand side of the Father with the promise to return. Hmm. During that, and then you look in the book of Acts, and then in that period, they were told to go to Jerusalem and seek the promise, which is another word that's used for the Holy Spirit, seek the promise. So they were praying in the upper room, and then there's a powerful, tangible manifestation, flames of fire, incredible uh, works of miracles that takes place in that place. And then that's what's considered by many, including me, the birth of the church, because now um, the Holy Spirit was there. And and I want to make a point here. God never abandons us. So think about it for a moment. Jesus now is with us. He's God. Now he he's a, a human. Jesus is, is crucified, dies, and now goes to heaven. You would think now he's not with us here, but no, no, no. God never leaves us alone. So you have to almost imagine Jesus ascending to the right hand of the Father, and now the Holy Spirit being assigned to come to earth and dwell in the believers and around the believers and build the church. Because mm. we're going to talk about that as well in this session. What is the role of the Holy Spirit? So now he's here. Let me pause for a moment because I need to make a correction here. And the correction is this. Oftentimes we'll say, well, Jesus is with me. You know, we're going through the, don't worry, don't worry, because, you know, the the Lord is with you. He's going to walk with you. He's going to be with you. That is biblically not correct because Mm -hmm. Jesus ascended and is seated at the right hand of the Father. So the one that is with us is the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's with us. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't mean, right now, I don't want you to change the lyrics of your songs because even. I mean, it's semantics we're talking about right now. Well, it's not, he's not even, yeah, it's it's semantics. Well, Well, in the sense that, you know, just to circle back to the original concept that all Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, it's still the same God. Right. So in that sense, it's accurate. But I, I get what you're saying, that it's really biblically the Holy Spirit that is with us and dwells with us. Correct. Correct. And he's the one that illuminates. We're going to define that too in the section in this session. So he illuminates us. Illuminates us to what? Mm. To seeing Jesus as Lord and Savior, because mm. he brings conviction to the heart. And then the person is drawn to then receive Christ and, and experience salvation, redemption, because of Jesus' sacrifice. That work is being done um, by the Holy Spirit, not by Jesus. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. Mm. So his responsibility and task of leaving heaven, coming down, being born, and then ministering the way he did and reaching and being the perfect sacrifice and being the perfect high priest as well, that, through his words, finished. So Mm. now he's at the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit is here. So I think if we want to continue in our journey of maturation and really living life to the fullest— we need to really have a, a a grasp of some level of the workings and function of the Holy Spirit as part of the Trinity mm. in order to be able to flourish and evolve and mature. Yeah. You know, and hopefully in this session we'll be able to help in that area. So with the Trinity, we have the, the manifestations, God the Father, Creator, Jesus, then the Redeemer, and now the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. So what what is the... Let's go into some explanations of divine presence of the Holy Spirit and you know how the Holy Spirit has a presence of God within the believers because something happens here. Look, look at Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. He says, uh, Paul writing, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. Critical in the Old Testament People would not think that the Holy Spirit was in them. Hmm. He was on behalf of the Jewish nation. He was on behalf of, of fighting off enemies. He, he, he dwelled or worked or functioned outside 
of, of being inside of a human being. Here Paul is saying, wait, 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 wait. Don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy? He's making your your experience as your experience as a human being as the physical sanctuary and dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. You know, I, let's park there real quick because that must have been such a profound way to look at it, particularly for the Jewish people hearing this mm-hmm. in the sense that pre-Jesus, they had the tabernacle mm-hmm. and God's presence was in the Holy of Holies. So now this verse is saying our body is the tabernacle, our body is the temple. And now that, that Holy of Holies that almost nobody can withstand the presence of God, that's inside of us. I mean, I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of, of the Jewish people hearing this for the first time. Like what? Yeah. That must have been huge, revolutionary even. Explosive. Mm. It really was explosive when he stated that. And, you know, again, Paul was gifted in the gift of rhetoric, rhetoric, which is today would be debating. He can he can mm. even debate something he didn't even believe. Um, and he was that good at it. But he's making that statement. Yeah, yeah. piggybacking on what you just stated. It's so true. They, they must have been blown away by this. Yeah. Because the image that they had in their mind is, wait a minute, the temple. So if... The, the, the high priest was killed if he wasn't right. My life is not right. They must have gotten into that dilemma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to get my, I have to fix this temple up. <laughs> exactly. You know I mean? yeah, well, hopefully that's, <laughs> that's the motivation because in the Old Testament, it was more you found righteousness through the things you did. Mm. Sacrifices, shedding of blood, bringing, you know, all that. Uh, the things that you did. Now in the New Testament, now we're, we're justify, justified by faith, right? Paul's mm. other writings. And that means even though I am unworthy, Nonetheless, I'm justified, not because of me, but because of him, mm. him being Him being Jesus. Now, who brings that illumination? Because some people say, oh, revelation, revelation. No, it's really illumination. Mm. The truths always exist in scripture. What happens oft- oftentimes, we don't stumble into them. And I don't mean to unsettle some of my brothers that are, and sisters that are listening, but for me, it isn't revelation. There's, you don't get new revelation. Revelation always existed, in my mm. opinion, mm. And, and the scripture. You just keep studying and reading, and it's like a fountain. The Holy Spirit gives you illumination. That's like walking into a dark room and getting, getting your iPhone and putting the flashlight on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to make it into the, and, and then you're able to see, see whatever. See detail as you yeah, scan the room. Yeah, exactly. So it's illumination. So now he comes in, and he says that you're the, your, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you receive from God. So then now he's also referencing where does that Holy Spirit come from or come come from? Dwelling inside of us from God and you are not your own. Meeting, that doesn't mean that we're robots or some kind of, you know, machine, you know, but rather we willingly in obedience, contrary to the first Adam when he disobeyed, we willingly because of, of obedience decide to submit ourselves under the authority of Christ over our lives. I define the kingdom of God as putting yourself voluntarily under the authority of Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. You get to that, you cross that bridge through the workings of the Holy Spirit. He illuminates you and then also empowers you to cross over. Because that's you know that's that's his function. That's the way he manifests himself to, to us. Um, if we look at another portion of scripture, uh, Genesis one verse two, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. There is talking about the the, the Trinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
The Spirit of so, God. So in the second verse of the first book in the Bible. <laughs> exactly. We, we already hear a reference to the Spirit of God. Yeah. You have the verse one, the, the, the creator, the father functioning. And now you see the working of the Holy Spirit. And I like that word hovering because it, it means he was in there. He was in the vicinity. He was observing. He was seeing. I almost see like a drone <laughs> looking, at a, <laughs> looking at a house, you know, to bring it to a, a the vernacular of today, not to offend the Holy Spirit. Obviously. <laughs> um, Isaiah 12, uh, I mean, 11, 2 says the Spirit. Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, meaning the Messiah, already pointing to to Jesus as the one that was to come, the chosen yeah, one. Yeah. So we see here uh, the Holy Spirit, even in the Old Testament, these two verses confirm that. And even in the New, there's another one, John 14, verse 16, Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit as a helper or advocate to be with believers forever. And the uh, critical word there is paraclete. And the word paraclete means someone alongside. Mm. So Jesus uh, resurrected, ascended, sitting at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit comes down on the day of Pentecost in a, in a, in a, in a, in a manifestation that they had not experienced before, uh, as we see in the text in the book of Acts. And now the Holy Spirit becomes the one that walks alongside the believers as a paraclete, yeah. as an encourager, as an inspiration as one that guides us, a as helper. one a helper, a one that illuminates. That's the function that we see of the Holy Spirit uh, in this text. No, that's great. I mean, it's good to know that, uh, again, part of our effort here is to highlight as many biblical references as possible because uh, this terminology of Trinity isn't explicitly written in the Bible, does not come from the Bible. We already see these are two examples that we saw already in, in the Old Testament where clearly it's referencing the Holy Spirit. Now we're talking about uh, the function of the Holy Spirit a little bit in more detail in the New Testament as our helper or comforter or as the paraclete, right? Is that how you That's say That's true. It? Yeah, paraclete. Paraclete. Yeah. And the next aspect I want to talk about is the work of the Holy Spirit in believers. You know, so he, if he's in us, as we've already seen, right, and he's inside. And, I, and again, I pardon the he, she, all that. I know we're living in a, in a time now where we have to be careful. But for the sake of this conversation, yeah, we're yeah, referencing. Yeah. But I want to do that disclaimer. Yeah. I'm doing it almost every time now. It's, it's amazing <laughs> how ministry has changed. But but work of the Holy Spirit in the believers. So um, uh, he, we already established that he's in you. Yeah. That he's in your life and you're not your own. Now you have received Christ. Christ is in your life. Now you have him as the head over your heart. But look at 2 Corinthians. Again, Paul writing again to the church in Corinth. Kind of like a crazy church, you know, real crazy church. But that's another study. <laughs> in chapter 3, uh, verse 18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Yeah, further c confirming how it's all just one God. If we go back to what I mentioned last week, uh, the last session, about my worldview, form, deform, reform, transform, and form is creation, deform is the fall, reformed is the gospel, salvation— transformed is the work of the Holy Spirit. So what mm. he does, according to this verse here, he continues to allow us to evolve, evolve into his image. Mm -hmm. And that's important. You, you, you cannot, as, a, as someone of faith, remain stagnant in your journey. You have to continue to evolve with the help of the Holy Spirit in your life, which is here, it's the Lord, which, who is the Spirit. And it's ever-increasing glory in our lives. But if you remain the same, regardless of age, regardless of education, regardless of all that, 
what, what, what happens is you're not really letting the Holy Spirit flourish and blossom you yeah. and show his glory in the way that he has made you. So I think that's a critical, a, a critical point there to understand. He's in you, not simply so that you can, you know, get the shakes. Yeah. <laughs> if, if that's what it's about, that's not what it's about. You know, the Holy Spirit empowers you to become an agent of change. Mm. So spiritual growth happens because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Yes, because he illuminates. Also, he brings conviction in your heart of things that you should be looking at to change. Mm. Um, and then he just works the miracle in, in your life. Look at, look at Romans. Again, Paul writing to the church in Rome, chapter 8, verse 5 through 6. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with what? With the spirit. The spirit yeah. Have their mind set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Ooh, I like those two, life and peace. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it actually brings um, a deeper understanding of the role of the Holy Spirit. Now, now you know, Trinity is not a, you know, a poster that you put on your wall. <laughs> You know, maybe that helps you remember, but there's it's dynamic. There's also there's actually a functioning of God in your yeah, life. Yeah. You know, we think it's all it's just church life. It's coming to the service and doing things. That's true, but unless the Holy Spirit resides in you, and you have to invite Him in, if He resides in you, He'll develop you to evolve and be and into this ever increasing glory. He'll work in your life, and then what'll happen? More spirit, less flesh. Hmm. You know, your body only has a capacity of, of uh, a limited capacity, right? Uh, there's Im- limitless possibilities, but your capacity is capped. And you have to work on that capacity, increasing it or distributing what fills you. Mm. So if it's limited in capacity, then if you have more, you know, depraved things, there's less things for sacred things, mm. You have to live a life of balance, and the way that that you're able to achieve that balance is the Holy Spirit will guide you so that you'll make less room for those distractions and those things that will bring you down, and then you continue to evolve in your faith and in your walk with the Lord. The Holy Spirit does that. No church does that. No pastor does that. No class does that. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in, in a person's life. I believe also that the Holy Spirit works to make us an agent of change. Or you, we would say the spiritual gifts for service and ministry. Mm. You know, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Paul writing again to the church in Corinth in chapter 12. Those are interesting chapters, uh, uh, 12 and then, of course, 14. Talk a lot about the gifting and the, the Spirit is the one that gives the gifting and equips the believers and for the work of service and all of that. I was going to say, very yeah, critical that's, a, that's a big one for, and important for this to topic. Do, yeah. Important to do. Um, so we find here, look at what Paul says in, to, to the church in Corinth. 1 Corinthians 12. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. Yeah. There are different kinds of service, but the Lord, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. What what could it's, he's calling the spirit God. Mm, yeah. I mean, I'm not adding to the text here. That's yeah. what that's what he's calling. And not only that, it's also uh, this is also clearly saying that any gifting that we may have, any special abilities that we may have, skills that we have, the source of that is the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's true. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. and he's the one that distributes. And in another in the passage, he he also alludes to Paul that it's according to our capacity. So you mm. want to be used of the Lord. You want to enter into ministry. You want to, you know, go deeper. 
uh, you have to expand your capacity. Mm. And by the way, you never stop because I have said before, you're the one that puts the cap on how much you, 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 you have limited possibilities and potential. Mm. You're the one that limits it. I'll never learn that. I'll never be able to do that. No, no, no. And I believe each of us, when we come into faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, there are embryonic gifts that are inside of us, seeds of potential. Yeah. But those seeds, unless we take care of them and water them and mature them, are never going to be able to blossom and come forward. But it's the Holy Spirit that highlights that, and then he helps us to then develop those. Look what he says. Now, each one, uh, what did I, where was, uh, let me get back here. He says, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Yeah. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Mm. Let's pause there. Again, remember I've been using the word manifestation yes. to understand the Trinity. We see the, the word including there in the NIV, manifestation of the Spirit. But why do you get gifts from the Holy Spirit? Why is the Holy Spirit in us? For what reason? So that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit? I would say yes, but it's not just being filled with the Holy Spirit and having him illuminate is so that I can then serve others. That's what the verse yeah, says. Yeah, that's an important one for sure. Yeah, so if you're sitting on a pew or, or disconnected completely, you're not using that God-given gifts that he has given you. And yeah. service, I, when we said common good, serving people, it isn't pulpit ministries only. It's people doing other things, ushering. It's people teaching. It's people being encouraging, encouraging to others. Uh, that we can work together uh, to be able to bring peace and and bring strength into the family of believers. If you study, I've done a really in-depth study, but I'll touch this point on the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts yeah. when the church started. Mm -hmm. And we forget that Peter had never preached a sermon. When you mention Peter, Peter is the guy that cut some, tried to cut somebody's head off and he was so bad at using a sword, he missed and only got his ear. Yeah. Peter is the guy that denied people. There's no Old Testament reference prior to the book of Acts that Peter preached anything. Yeah. In fact, he was probably a, he was probably the guy that some pastors have in their church that they wish they would be worshiping somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> That's Peter. Yeah. And yet, the book of Acts, who stood up and preached a sermon he had never preached before. Yeah. And if you're, if you're really serious about preaching, you have to dissect that preaching to find out what preaching is really all about. Yeah. That, that's a lesson in homiletics alone. Um, but he preached a sermon. And imagine if out of the gate, the very first sermon you preach, thousands of people respond. Boy, my goodness, you, you'll think you're like, you know, the greatest things in sliced bread. That yeah. was Peter. Yeah, yeah. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Yeah. Right? He changes unqualified to qualified people that don't know they have the gift into an amazing evangelist. But later on in the chapter, it says that the church met the needs of everyone. Yeah. The people became, the, the, the believers became agents of change. And I'm of the conviction, and I follow that a church truly has to serve others in order to fulfill the fullness of the gospel in people's life. If we don't transform the community, if we don't transform lives by taking care of the, the needs of the community, I think we're falling short of what God's purpose and plan, and we're really not listening to the work of the Holy Spirit inside of us to to serve others. I think that's a great point that you just highlighted. Yeah, it's true. Not, I don't think we think about too often this idea that the first church was not just a church or a movement. It was a community. It was genuinely a community of people who were 
leaning on each other, supporting each other, helping each other. It was more than just uh, let's be fed spiritually, but they actually used, like you said, the spiritual giftings that they got from the Holy Spirit to for the common good for everyone. It, it truly was a community of people. It's true. Yeah, that's what, and that that's how, that's how you work. Uh, they say that um, I have this quote that says, um, you know, all politics is uh, local, mm. right? Yeah, and I believe all ministry is parochial. The local church, not denominations, not larger groups, but really it sprouts from the local church to move forward or the local uh, uh, place of faith to move forward and, and be transformative in the work of uh, in the work of serving other people. Yep. Let's go on to the, the guiding and convicting of individuals yes. in their faith journey. And, and Galatians, again, Paul, again, writing to the church in Galatians, um, Uh, He says in chapter five or 16, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You know, you, 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 you develop what you face. Mm. If you're facing the flesh, you'll develop that. If you're facing spirituality, you'll develop that. And that's basically what he's saying there. He says, you know, if you allow your life to be guided now, now now, let me pause here because I think sometimes it, it might be misunderstood. Um, you know, this is not that you're so holy you can't talk to anyone. This is not that you're so holy you can only dress in sackcloth. <laughs> no, this is that you have a sensitivity to your spiritual condition and God, the Holy Spirit, working and feeding your life in every moment in your life. Mm. That's what that means. So if we're walking, living out in the flesh, that's what we're going to get back. Yeah. It's almost like the, it's not in the Bible, but my, I had a professor that used to say this. It's not in the Bible, but maybe it should be. Uh, <laughs> you garbage in, garbage out. Mm. You know, if, you, if you're feeding in things of the flesh, if you're feeding things in that are destructive and depraved and you don't manage that, what's going to happen? The product that you're going to end up with is a fleshly depraved product. Yeah. But if you allow more spirit inside of you, more of that in your life, then the product that you let let out is a life in the spirit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's should be common knowledge at this point that we're all products of the decisions that we make, right? Yeah. You know, every every uh, action has an equal and opposite reaction. There's the idea of karma, and from the Bible, you reap what you sow. So yeah, mm-hmm. totally. If you're prioritizing your flesh and your fleshly desires, that's what's gonna manifest in your life but if you're prioritizing your spirit and your spiritual growth that will become stronger and that'll start to manifest even more yeah i hope this is being helpful to our to our listeners i really do let me let me touch on two more uh areas that i just want to discuss and that's the part of the guidance and revelation of the holy spirit i touched a little bit about that already but the guidance part is so important yeah and again i have to go to scripture so the holy spirit is a a guide he's a counselor he's a revealer of truth Mm. And by, by the way, on my personal journey, which I don't like to insert too often, my personal journey, it's amazing how after a time of prayer, consecration, a time of uh, a monastic time where you uh, unplug from everything else and silence all the noises that you hear and even silently waiting upon the Lord. It's amazing how when you go back even to scripture, it just opens a whole new world for you when you start looking at it as the Holy Spirit works in your life because he does illuminate and you f- discover things, you find things that were there all along, but you never even saw them, you know, so because I believe all revelation is already contained in Scripture. And we need the Holy Spirit then to uh, be able to illuminate. Look at John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper, paraclete, Holy Spirit, 
to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Powerful, powerful, powerful. He's in you. He'll dwell in you. Look at John 16, verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come, the working of the Holy Spirit. He illuminates, he, he allows you to discover things that you think are, oh, I just discovered this deep revelation. No, it was always there. It was just covered by um, the journeys of life, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to be able to understand it. So he truly guides us. He truly provides that revelation. When you look at the Holy Spirit as one that illuminates, which is the word I've been using all along instead of revelation, uh, or rather reveals, look at 1 Corinthians 2. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit in capital letters who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Freely given us. So we end up discovering what God has given us we don't conjure up a new revelation. No, we our eyes are open to something that already existed. I believe that everything we need to know about God is found in Scripture. Yeah, that's what I believe, right? And do you say, well, that that means that that uh, the Bible contains everything about God? That is not what I just said. I said everything that we can handle, have the capacity. One day, when we're on the other side, the total revelation will come. The human. The human a person, mind, our mind, is not capable to comprehend all that there is to know about God. But what we can know is contained in Scripture. So the Holy Spirit then guides us and illuminates us, casts the light into already existing truths that apply, because he also helps us to apply it to our lives so that we can evolve and become whatever God has planned over us. You know, as you talk about this, I have this image in my head of the relationship between a child and their parent. Um, and the reason why I say that is because if you think specifically with like a baby, for example, a, a baby is totally oblivious to the amount of effort their parents are putting in to keeping them alive, keeping them healthy, keeping them comfortable. And it is through time and relationship um, that they start to understand and piece together, oh, wow, my father or my mother made this sacrifice for me as a kid. They did this for me as a kid. Wow, they had to they had to give that up in order to do this for me. You know, it, it so I, when I think about that with our relationship with God, it's the Holy Spirit that helps us see, wow, God loved me so much that he gave his only son to Correct. die for me. Correct. You know, God loved me so much that, you know, before Jesus, um, I couldn't even stand in the presence of God, but now the Holy Spirit lives within me. You know, you, you start to, so it, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because, you know, everything you're describing with the Holy Spirit almost sounds like a superpower. And in a way it is right. right. That, that yes. level of illumination that you're able to achieve, right. it, it is uh, supernatural a hundred percent, but also it should be pretty practical and easy for us to wrap our minds around because right. at the end of the day, uh, you know, as we get to the tail end of this episode, we're really talking about God trying to reconnect back with humanity. He's Correct. trying to connect with us, love us. It's all, it's all about a love story, a relationship really. Correct. So when you kind of put it in those relationship terms, Hopefully that can help our audience, you know, better understand this whole idea of illumination that you're talking about. It's the same way we discover the sacrifices that 
you know, people who love us throughout our lives have done all of our lives, but we were kind of oblivious to as, as children, you know what I mean? Right. But as we get more mature, spend more time with them, we're able to see those things and connect the dots and, and, and grow uh, a new appreciation yeah. um, for those people who have made those sacrifices for us. I like the example you use of, of a child. That's so true. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah, it's so true. But what's the overall takeaway here? I mean, because we, we've already established that it's it's hard for everybody to kind of wrap their minds fully on this concept. We'll never really fully understand. You know, I circle back to the the first episode that we did about who is God, titled Who is God. Yes. You can't really fully un- uh, 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 define it in black and white terms. But if there's one thing that you want our audience to walk away from, from these conversations that we've had about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, what, what, what's your insight there? It's the manifestation of God throughout your life. So when you were a baby, we had baby food. When you were a teenager, you had the, 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 the fast food. Mm-hmm. When you get older, you start uh, eating more healthy. Depending upon the phase you find yourself in your life, you know, there's a, God wants to manifest himself as father, mm. wants to manifest himself. Same God wants to manifest himself now as a savior, redeemer wants to manifest himself now as an encourager, the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. So it's, it's critical. God does not play hide and seek. Mm. You know, he doesn't play those games. He totally reveals himself or totally manifests himself in our lives. What happens is oftentimes we don't see the signs. Mm. We don't see that manifestation, but it's there. Sometimes it's glaring, but we don't stop and, and see. And so the manifestation of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, throughout our lives, throughout our life's journey, the second thing I, I, I would love our, uh, our guests to uh, walk away with is that everyone in the hearing of my voice, everyone, every human being has raw materials inside of them. You have seeds of potential. And if, if you were listening, the Holy Spirit will help you identify those. The Holy Spirit will help you to, to, to nurture those and to be able to blossom and grow them. Everyone, everyone, everyone has potential. And the potential of gifting and the seeds of potentiality inside of us are to serve others. There's a level of satisfaction and joy and settledness that comes to an individual when we're able to care for somebody else. Mm. And if we look in the society that we're living today, there's plenty of opportunities to intersect from young, from children, young people, young adults, all the way to seniors. So you have the raw materials that can be developed. And I say that again, I want to reiterate the point I made earlier on that. It is not just pulpit ministry and up there, there's so many areas that you can plug into uh, uh, and be able to serve people, not only in the church ministry itself or the place of worship, but even outside. To realize that everything that you do, if you're a medical doctor and now you're not in a church, but you're serving in a, in a hospital or a nurse, a professional that way, that you do the best that you can to shine in that corner and and shine goodness you know, not attitude, but, you know, mm-hmm. how you can help people. Yeah. If you're a counselor, if you're a plumber, if you're a bus driver, whatever, you know, wherever station in life it takes you to be able to realize that those are gifts that God has and you have raw material to be able to serve others. Mm. And then the third and promise, the third uh, uh, idea that comes to me in, in this um, thing about, you know, what's the takeaway is I also want you to realize that you can have a bright and promising future ahead of you. You really can. You can change the course of your life into the future. Yes, if you realize that God manifests himself in your journey, like I said, the first one, if you realize that you have raw material inside of you, seeds of potential that God can develop, and if you engage that, then you will, you, you you have to park on the place where there is a bright and promising future ahead for you. God doesn't make mistakes. 
You know, we are, we are the consequences of our decisions, and you can change those decisions that you made in life. The other thing about God, and I'm talking about God in his totality of his expression to us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, he doesn't hold things against us. You know, we do. I can't because, oh, what I did, what I, you know, who I, who I was with, what I've done, you know, all that. He doesn't hold any, he wants to lavishly love us. So embrace the manifestation of God throughout your life. Recognize the raw materials that are inside of you, those seeds of potential that can be developed, and embrace a promising and bright future ahead for you. If you do that, your life is going to turn around completely and be so enjoyable. You really have fun being alive, a creature made by God, and and living out your life. So that's what I think, embracing God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your journey and you're going to be just fine. Amen to that. That was great. Thank you, Dr. Mark Rivera, again for, for tackling this subject. And to our listeners, thank you all for sticking with us throughout this series. Um, please check out uh, our other episodes as well. We hope this really enriches you guys spiritually and gets you guys thinking. Yeah, we appreciate all of you. Stay connected with us through our website. Uh, that's drmarkrivera.com. That's Mark with a C. Uh, <laughs> I got to make sure I make that clear. I mean, it's, it's common. People yeah. put, spell Mark with a K. That's true. Uh, but no, it's Dr. Mark with a C, drmarkrivera.com. Um, and obviously our, our podcast, please subscribe, listen. And tell record. others. And tell others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spread know. the word. Spread the word. Spread the word. Thank you so much. And thank you, Matthew, for producing this uh, episode as well. We hope you enjoyed this latest episode of Seek and Find with Dr. Mark Rivera. Thank you for listening and God bless.